The Pistons are the basketball champions of the world. Welcome to the Buffs on Podcast. Best POD in the 313. I am Gabriel, hosting tonight. Don't worry, we still have the crew here with us. We have Amit, we have Valley, we have Connie. Um, we're trying something a little bit different today. Uh, instead of going game by game or player by player, we're just going to kind of throw a little game together, little, some few questions, and just kind of see where the conversation goes. Um, before we get started, guys, any anything pressing on your mind you want to air? I know Valley's got something pressing he wants to air. Um, not particularly, <laughs> not particularly pissed. No, you're gonna but hold on to it. I'll hold on. I've been watching a lot of Victor Wembanyama recently, and it's it's making me a little bit sad. The guy's really a freak, huh? Yeah, we could have yeah. had him. <laughs> we well, we couldn't man. have, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being in Detroit kind of sucks, but we could have had him. We could have had Chet. We could have had Paolo. Could have had him. We could have had one of them. We could have had like two of them, but you know, basketball gods not on our side. What What do you mean, guys? You guys are you are not watching Asar Thompson go out there and play every night and be like, damn, I, I wish I had somebody else on this team. Like, no, no, it, it's just, just <laughs> I'm just in awe watching Wemby sometimes. It's, it's just That's what I'm right. seeing, I guess, when he takes off from like. 15 feet in dunks it with his left hand. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Also, another addendum real quick to last week's pod. We, we had a quick little best centers in the NBA list. Mm-hmm. And we kind of agreed for the future. Duran is, what, third or fourth on that list? Yeah. I just I just want to throw in a f- <laughs> Rudy Gobert, I think, um, still deserves a spot above him. And also Alperin. Shangun, I think uh, just Shang- consistency-wise, he's probably above Duran at the moment as well. I mean, everything so, Shangun does is something we think that Duran will be able to do. But he's not as big as Shangun, I think. Yeah, this is true, like, too. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Rudy Gobert, I mean, he's a regular season <laughs> guy. I'm glad you're back on board so you can be broken down again by, by a playoff. <laughs> I mean, they're the best defense in the NBA, and he's been, like, He's been he's been uh, deep boy so far this season, I think. Yeah. Nah, according to Isaiah Livers, that's um Asar Thompson. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with him. He, he, he has to be top five for sure. Yeah. All right, so I guess we can uh, get into it then. So this is just a little I call it factor fiction. Basically, are these early season trends are they real or are they not? Um, are they going to continue? Is this a thing we can build on, or is it just a small sample size thing? And I guess we'll start right there on the defensive end. This and these stats are of before last game, so I don't I don't know how they change. But um, before that game, we were fourth in defensive rating at a hundred per game, flat. Is that just a byproduct of us not playing the? best competition of us being scrappy or is that a real defense in the making here? Is um, this I'll, something we can hang our head on? Yeah, go ahead. I think it's definitely something we can hang our head on. Um, whether it stands at number four, I don't think so. Um, but if we finish top half of the, of the in, in terms of all the teams in the league, if we finish the top half in terms of defensive rating, it would be an incredibly successful season considering where we've been in the last few years. Um, but the, in terms of like, there's no reason not. Like, we're here now, and our personnel, I think, is so good uh, in terms of individual defenders. When you look at Jalen Duran blocking shots, Isaiah Stewart, and then obviously Asar Thompson. Um, but Killian Hayes, you know, uh, Marcus Sasser, these guys that get steals. Cade is a, a pretty damn solid defender who's good for a couple of steals and a couple of blocks every now and then. Um, so you have the individual aspect of it there. But as the season goes on, this team's only going to get better on the defensive end in terms of communicating and switching and so on and so forth. Um, and especially, I think right now without Boyan Bogdanovich, we are and when they're shorthanded in general, um, it's just kind of a a mentality, you know, like just a scrap on this side of the thing, so this side of the ball 
to give us a chance in this game. Um, and we see it work so well, you know, that first quarter against Philly was, I thought the best quarter defensively we've ever played um, in this season. And it, it showed in the, in the, in the box score as we built up a nice double digit lead capped off by that Sasser three pointer. Um, Cause it gives us these opportunities to run. So I, I'm all for it. Um, individual aspects are there. And then as a team, we're going to grow uh, with communication and everything. So I say, yeah, absolutely. Ani or Ahmed, anything to add? Uh, I think that there's a – so the guys that we're running out right now are, I think, yeah, they have either, – either are or have the potential to be really good defenders. I think Hayes is a good defender. I think Stu is a good defender. I think Asar is an outstanding defender. But some of these guys, when this team gets back to healthy, and this team's like half healthy right now, or half of our rotation is just sitting on the sideline with one thing or another – uh, those guys sitting on the sideline aren't exactly defensive lockdown. Like Bogdanovich uh, is going to get big minutes. Uh, Morris is going to get big minutes, or at least like significant minutes. And those guys are deep, uh, offensive upgrades, but defensive downgrades to the guys that are on the court right now. And so I just wonder if we there's like a, an element of like sacrifice that they're going to have to make. Like th- there's going to have to we're going to have to make put less defensive playmakers out there so that we can have some offensive playmakers out there. And so I could see this maybe falling a little bit. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with you there. I I didn't really think, I don't know why, I didn't even think about like when Bogey comes back and how that's going to affect the defense. But, um, I mean, yeah, if this core group was on the floor, yeah, I, I'd say we'd definitely end up pretty high up there. Uh, but you know, Bogey, we need his offense, and we need his uh, yeah, we need a scoring ability. So I'm gonna say it drops. But the defensive identity that this team is like creating is kind of being showcased. We haven't been able to put it together for like a full game many times. Um, so when we do, it'll be um, it, it'll probably result in more wins. But when Bogey comes back, we're gonna need his scoring defense may drop off, but. Um, pros and cons, I guess. What's the measuring stick for that, though? Like, say everybody's back. Is is it like top fifth, top fifteen defense is the measuring stick? Top twenty, or like what would I what would identify as a successful <clears throat> season? You know, in terms of the defensive side of things. Successful season, probably top half. But yeah, I would like to 15. see. And yeah. is top fifteen? Do you think that's not reasonable with the return of Morris, Bogey, Ivy, and them? I, I mean, think it. I think it I is. I think it's yeah. Yeah, I yeah. just think it's not because – I mean, maybe it's not always because we're better than everybody else, but maybe it's because everybody else is not a top 15-level defense, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And it's it's yeah. also, like, I haven't really noticed it this year, but the schemes, like, how we play defense, it seems pretty simple, at least so far. I don't know if we're, like, going to in- integrate more stuff going on. There's nothing, like – out of the ordinary that we play, really. I think he's trying to keep it easy to, like, help these guys learn defense. But I think as the year goes on and we, like, switch more, we kind of understand what players' strengths are or not. I think our scheme could get a little more complicated, a little more in-depth, and I think our defense could even pick up when those guys come back because they are smart players. Sometimes, even if you're not, like, the most explosive or, like, longest wingspan if you're just smart it helps the team as a whole play defense together do you, do you happen to have the other teams that are above us on that list Gabe? minnesota's first um no not right now but i'll pull okay. it up for the next question Sweet. um i guess we'll stick at the defensive line do you think asar's all defense level of defense will stay where it is, or do you think teams will start to learn his tendencies and he kind of hits that rookie wall on the defensive end? I don't think he hits a wall. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't think he hits a wall either. Uh, I think there's – he just he, one, he has all of the tools. Like you, like, you can't really figure out tools, right? Like, hey, I, I know that he's going to jump up and – be able to get to this shot. I know that this is going to happen, but like, what are you really going to do about it? You can't strat. You can't strategize that away. Uh, the other thing is that I think he um he doesn't play like a gimmicky defense. Like he's not like selling out on things. He's not like taking advantage of somebody sleeping on what he does. He plays a very like just upright 
smart, like controlling type of defense. I think that some of the um, better scoring guards in the league have figured some stuff about him where he puts his hands on people a little bit. I think he's uh, some people have figured out that uh, you can draw fouls on him. And uh, when he gets a little handsy, he gets a little too up close. But the, the mistakes, the things that don't work as well are the things that like can be ironed out and improved on during a season. I don't think that there's really anything that a team can take away from him defensively that is going to be like easily exploited uh, in the season as it goes on. Yeah, I- I'm with you there. I don't think it's going to really hit a wall. Um, maybe it slows down a little bit as the season goes on because of those uh, other players figuring out how to draw fouls against them, like we saw um, yesterday. Like, he was basically ineffective for a lot of the game because he got into foul trouble. Um, but the other thing that I think is going to – I mean, he can only improve because he's he's seeing these guys um, for the first time in person, right? He, he's, like, maybe watching film on them before he goes out there, but, like, uh, Kelser said it yesterday when he was guarding Tobias. Tobias went for a pump, pump fake. Asar jumped, and Asar's going to learn as he, like, grows and plays these guys more and more often that he's not going to jump on that pump fake. So maybe you get him once, but it's kind of going to be like a fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And Asar seems like a guy from what everything that I've read and heard that he's not really like a, a shame on me kind of guy. He's really hard on himself, so he's going to try not to make the same mistake twice. So I think he's going to um, continue this level of defense. Even over the course of a game, you kind of see that evolve. I remember specifically that Bulls game where he jumped He jumped a few times early on DeRozan, and then towards the end of the game, he was just staying down, hand up. So yeah, to your point, he's a quick learner. And this is just a point to how fast these stats change. Pistons are now 18th in defensive rating. Yeah. Um. Timberwolves are first, Knicks number two, Boston three, Philly four, and Orlando at five. I but think I we mean, can overtake at, at least like close. one of those teams. Yeah, like we're behind <laughs> Phoenix right now, you know, like <laughs> I think over the course yeah. of the year, that's going to completely change. And specifically yeah. about that game, Phoenix, I thought that was the first game where our defense was just bad. Like we were slow, we were sloppy. Eric Gordon got to the rim every time he wanted. Oh, that was um, bad. I think Asar, like, immediately when he came in, he had that huge block. And, like, yeah, that was just the worst defense I've, and, like, a mentality that I saw this year from us. Uh, yeah, and also just one more on the defense. If I go back to it for no reason. But the defensive rating might improve even if the defense isn't as good because the offense is going to be better and – the better your offense is, the harder it is for teams to get into, like, fast break, just running down, easy buckets sort of situation. So if the offense improves and becomes more efficient, the defense, at least in, like, the, the numbers on the defensive ends, will also improve. They kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. We've done a pretty good job, though, of limiting fast break this year, I feel like. compared to years past, at least. Also, like, if we cut down the turnovers, our defense will probably improve, too, because it gives us more time to, like, go back and set up rather than just, like, us, like, chasing somebody. That's exactly what I was about to go into next is the turnovers. (laughs) I think that's been the most glaring thing, uh, offensively, at least for us, that, like, during Cade, it's just so many turnovers. Um, So you think... Do you think this is here to stay, or you think with more spacing, with maturity, these things will decrease over the course of the season, or are we just going to be a bad turnover team? Valley, you got, a, you got any, any thoughts on that one? I, I, I think in general, we're going to be a high turnover team. Um, however, it's not going to be as bad as it is right now. Um, when you look at Cade Cunningham turning the ball over five and a half times a game, you can only assume that's going to, that's going to lower, right? Um, because he is, you know, a great basketball player who makes the right plays uh, a lot of the time, but you can still see that handles a bit weaker. Um, and, he, and he does make some risky passes. Um, sometimes uh, those cross courts are getting picked up a few times, but you got to think that's going to lower for Kate because he's just such a student of the game. 
Um, and then we always mention our guys coming back. Um, the spacing will help him tremendously, I think, uh, in terms of lowering turnovers. And what else that will do, I think, is it's going to lower Duran's turnovers because I think Duran is being put in some situations where he's trying to do too much sometimes, uh, and there's just he's not fully comfortable in them. And we've seen Duran um, sneaky put in some really high turnover games. So I think, again, we'll probably be the bottom towards the bottom of the league, um, maybe like, I don't know, between like 23 to 30 in terms of turnovers, which is not where we want to be. Um, but I don't think it'll be as bad as it is right now where we're 29th in the league in turnovers. I, I've been, I, I really don't know how to answer this question. Um, I feel like common sense says, yeah, it's going to get better because I feel like we've like, hit rock bottom with, like, what would we have, like, in the beginning of the year, like, 17 turnovers and a half? Like, I feel like that's rock bottom and there's nowhere to go but up. But at the same time, like, Cade's still making some of the same mistakes that he was making uh, during those, like, massive turnover halves. So, like, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's, like, trying to, like, stretch the limits and see, like, what he can do and what he can't do. But, or if he's just, thinking he can make that pass and he just can't and it's not getting and he still thinks he can do it but I think they do get better uh, I'm with you Valley I don't know how much better um you said what 20 to 30 range right like I think that'd be reasonable yeah yeah I mean I don't I feel like that's reasonable I don't think we go higher than like 18 or 17 if we do amazing but like guys like guys need to like take note from like Marcus Sasser killing Hayes um and just stop turning the ball over. I, I don't, I think it's just a bunch of risky passes. And like, I think a lot of it is also being nonchalant. I feel like Kate and Dern are just like, oh yeah, let me do this like dribble handoff uh, super easy. Like Dern's doing this thing. And I saw him do it. I think it, I don't know where I, I saw him do it at USA. Like this behind the back dribble to Kate who comes around the screen. Like, yeah, maybe you can do that in the scrimmage in Rico Hines. But dude, this is the NBA. You can't do that. And I think he did it like once or twice at the beginning of the year. And like the second or third time he did it, he turned it over and that was it. So I feel like it's a lot of it being like nonchalant. I feel like Cage passes need a little more zip on it to get to where he needs to go. Like most of the time when Killian Hayes passed the ball, it's like, or, or Marcus Sasser for that matter. It's like, a, it's like a, it's like a line drive. When Cade passes the ball, it's like a pop fly. It just like lobs it in there. And I think, I don't know why, but it's the Pistons in general. They have, so much trouble with that entry pass down low. I have no idea why that's a problem. I don't I like think our big yeah, go ahead. I think it's because there's like no three point threat. So everyone just crowds inside once that pass is thrown. It's like yeah. playing at the gym and we're like, oh yeah, let's just beat up on this guy inside. <laughs> yeah. And I think the other problem is is um our bigs need to be bigs. Stop putting the ball down when you catch it in the paint. Don't dribble. Go up with it. Bagley put the ball down yesterday, got swarmed. Like, if you're seven feet tall, keep the ball at seven feet tall. <laughs> those things, those, those are just like the little things that gets to me. Like, make the entry pass and go quick. Keep the ball high when you catch it high. That's all I'm saying. I think it is a real issue uh, for this team and could be moving forward. Uh, it starts with, you know, the number one guy. Cade has really kind of always been a pretty high turnover guy. Uh, even back to college, he had more turnovers than assists in that season. Now, it isn't, it, sh- it hasn't been, and it shouldn't be to this level where he's getting five turnovers to seven assists. Uh, I, that's, I think, a uh, an anomaly, and that will improve. But where I think improvements will happen the most is with the other guys. I think this offensive scheme is putting – people in roles that they haven't been used to guys are seeing expanded action, a little bit more responsibility in that five guys can, at least the dream of this team is five guys that can grab and go, you know, that's, that's what we're seeing. That's what we like to see is when the guy who gets the rebound just dribbles down the court and makes a play. But if guys haven't like ever done that before in their careers or their basketball careers, even going back before the NBA, that's, going to come with some growing pains so those are the ones i think are going to like steam out a little bit and improve but uh i think we're gonna i think Cade might just be a, a high turnover guy uh just 
in the way that he plays and the way that he does things in that sort of like nonchalant, uh, very laid back game. Sometimes certain type of guys and certain type of coverages, uh, they, they take it out of him a little bit more. Yeah, uh, we really uh, – we oh, go ahead. My bad. No, I was just going to say then that we must be really thankful to have Killian Hayes in the backcourt next to him. It was such an incredible low turnover guy, you know. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, he's played really well. <laughs> I mean, and Ken, really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Really, really well. I would say, yeah. I mean, <laughs> for last game standards. might be for his standards. Really, really yeah. well. I, I would, I, I would say, uh, sixteen, four, and six on fifty, forty, eighty-seven in his last five is uh is really well, it's, especially considering zero point six like, turnovers per like game. Solid I would say. role player numbers. I I would say it's uh, yeah okay I think it's really really well, really good. So you think if the is if this is not just hot shooting right now or you know getting a bit lucky or is this more regression to the mean? Do you think him starting is a trend that's gonna continue or once our guys come back, once Ivy works himself into shape again, do you think Killian is gonna be coming off that bench? Um, I think he's more than earned that starting spot right now, and and Monty Williams has that trust in him. Um, Monty even said that he's been our most consistent player this season. Um, and it, it, That's after, a joke. after every single game, man, that was a quite that. What was a joke? He's been the most consistent player. Well, yeah, <laughs> he didn't yeah, score for like the first week. Uh, he he had that one stinker. He had two stinkers at the start, but since then it's been really good. Um. And I just mentioned those those last five per game. Um, is he going to shoot 50, 40, 87? No. Um, but after every game, you keep checking the basketball reference. It's at 40, 32 an hour splits, which is serious improvement. Um, and I think that is continued upward trajectory. Um, his confidence, again, looks really high. But I'm in terms of just getting our offense into a rhythm, um, he was exceptional. And I think that quarter against uh, Philadelphia last time out, the first quarter was the best point guard play of basketball I've seen all year on the Detroit Pistons. Um and and it's a no brainer. He was all <laughs> over everything. Is that crazy to say? Yeah. Ten points, three rounds, four assists, first quarter and a steal, if I'm not mistaken. Um and the way he just organized the offense, uh cutter, hit him. Um I want to specifically note that right handed whip pass he hit to Asar Thompson on the break. Um found us uh, found Marcus Sasser for that late three. I think the trust has it was there at the start and it's paying off more and more now um, at, to the point where it's actually looking really good. Cause I'm not going to lie guys. Like last year when Killian had a couple of good games, you know, I had to sell myself onto it. You know, I wasn't fully buying into it. I would just say it. Oh, but as I'm watching this basketball game, right, it, man. I know I would say it like that, but as I'm watching this basketball game right now, like these games, I genuinely notice his impact at, at a much higher level. And he looks like a solid rotational NBA player. Um, which is just very good to see. And I think he's been even better than that. And the threes he hit, man, that buzzer beater or that with a shot clock low, that sidestep, <laughs> never seen him hit that one before, man. Um, so, yeah, I, I think his, his, the trust for Monty Williams is just going to keep growing and growing. And you mentioned the turnovers with Cade. Ivy's an incredibly high turnover guy. You play those two guys together, turnovers are going to keep going up and up. Uh, and Monty Williams will have his eye on that. I have a lineup suggestion maybe we can get to later, but... I absolutely think Killian Hayes has the starting spot on lock. I would have to agree there. And that's not just because I'm a Killian supporter. I literally think he's been – I mean, Ivy's showed uh, his ability on offense, but I think all-around play, it goes to Killian Hayes. Um, I- I'm not saying Ivy can't. I'm just saying I really like what I've seen from Killian. He's, he's – to me, it seems like he flipped a switch. And I, I was texting Valley about this. He just is playing with more, like, intent, more energy. Like, when he gets the ball, he's going. Like, most of the time, he's going. Like, yeah, you'll still see that, you know, like, oh, I'm going to get really low, do slow, tween, tween, behind. Like, you'll see that. But then he'll also do that thing where he'll just, like, get up and go. And I really love watching him, like, get inside. And, like, he's starting to see success when he gets inside. He doesn't always shoot it. I mean, thankfully – uh, when he has, it's going down. And um, I think it was second play in the game yesterday against Philly. Cade gets his own off of a screen with Dern, and then 
Um, play kind of stalls out. Killian cuts across the lane, catches a feed from Dern for another mid. Like, if if that's like something that these guys can consistently do, and I think it's like two of the last like three or four games, Cade and Killian have both had similar stat lines. You know, twenty plus points, four or five boards, six seven assists. Yesterday, Cade was eight for eighteen, and Killian was eight for seventeen. So, I mean, of course, Cade like those are good numbers, but I feel like. That's not the best Cade can do. I feel like Cade can still do more. But if Killian can do something like that consistently, I mean, yeah, he's he's definitely earned the starting spot for me. Is it me or does his court does his like catch and shoot look a lot quicker, especially from the corner? Or is it just me? It just seems lightning quick this week. Looks good. Yeah, I mean, so I, I'm excited. You know, I'm I'm always excited to see Killian play because you know I've put so much of my faith in him. But to see that success paying off in a new system with a new head coach, and um, I love that he's going right now. I don't know how many times he went right yesterday. Like it's just so refreshing that Jalen, not Jalen Dern, um, James Wiseman, Marvin Bagley are setting up on the right side. And he's, and he's telling him, no, 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 go on the right side, right side. He's calling for the right-handed screen. He's getting confidence going to his right hand. I'd like him to finish with his right hand a little bit more. He caught that pass from Sasser when he was, like, literally nobody in front of him, and he still went left hand, right side. I'm like, come on, like, just, like, right hand. But, you know, as long as he can dribble right and at least be a threat to go right, I'm for it because teams – Last year, and I think at the beginning of this year, we're icing him to his left side, and it was kind of hurting him. But I, I love what I've seen from Killian this far. And I do think he saved from the starting spot. Okay, we've heard the two uh, Killian truthers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Connie, as a fellow hater, do you have a, a different opinion? Uh, I mean, he hasn't been bad. He's been hitting the shots. I don't like the teams still don't respect him. The shots that he takes are very wide open and easy, and they are still 32% sub 50% from two point range. Uh, my biggest gripe with him is that, at least on the offensive end, I don't think he makes anybody else better. Uh, it kind of to me, he plays for himself, but he, he doesn't cut a lot. I've noticed. I like if Kate has like the he ball, he plays for himself. Yeah, he plays for him, so yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I could definitely see where you say that in the past, but when I like specifically I'm dating back to this game against Philadelphia again. Um when he gets in his little <laughs> own world where he's going tween tween behind the back links that midi fadeaway. But he hit Jared Roden on a nice backdoor cut for a slam. Um another play, it was his first his first make of the game. Um that off ball movement. I think he's becoming more aware how to how to be impactful. And help his teammates out, of course. And I, I, I don't see that. I think he's always been a team first guy. I don't see that at all. I also think that that his lack of cutting is also like due to the fact that like of the spacing that we have talked about, and maybe it's in his head like, oh, I need to be able to be out here and hit this shot, so I'm not going to move from here because I need to give Cade room to operate. It, that maybe that could be some of it too, because I've seen we've seen in the past that he knows how to cut. He knows how to get the ball. Like, there's been plays, even going back to his first year with Cade, but he's cut back door and Cade hit him. So I think he knows how to do it. I think he's just so focused on being an outside threat to space the floor for Cade that he's not doing it. And, yeah, I mean, right now, is during the two-week stretch where he plays well, it's prime time to talk about how good Killian Hayes is. You know? Oh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're reaching our limit on the two weeks. So can he continue it, like, for yeah. uh, the future, we'll have to see. <laughs> I almost, I almost wanted to send out the apology forms again, but I, I decided to hold off until the next time we record. <laughs> the next, next time we record. That's how confident I am. Then I'll send out the apology forms. Okay, so he's gonna have to face the Bulls. He's gonna have to face the Hawks, and he's gonna have to face um, the Cavs. He's he's already been a few games, out. right? Yeah, he's he's already been ruled out for tomorrow. Yeah. Um. And then uh, Burks and Ivy were bumped up to questionable. So whatever, whatever that means. We really need Burks. I can't wait for him yeah. to come back. And uh, I don't think we've touched on it yet. How'd you guys like that court? The I red kinda, down strike, I, gray on the sides. I kind of liked it. I kind of liked the gray court idea. I'm not a fan of like 
our regular court. I like, um, I like the paint to have more color. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mm. like how our court and Denver's court is just like just lines everywhere. I like a little bit of color down there. Um, but that's just me personally. And I like the look of gray. Um, it's a little easier on the eyes to me. It's not as bright of a color. Um, I like darker colors. So the gray kind of looks cool. I kind of wish they did like red and black and like we had like red jerseys I on or something. Too. That's I what I was thinking. More. Yeah. Yeah. I th- and like, yeah, a skull with like a red jersey just seems nice. But I, I get what they tried to do. But I think we'll have red alternates la- next year because it'll kind of be like the 20 year anniversary for the going to work team. So hopefully to honor them, they'll do some sort of red jersey. That would be nice. Yeah. All right. But, moving on. Uh, anything else? Oh, I was just going to say, like, how are you guys feeling about the jerseys now? You've seen them in action a few times. I don't mind them. I kind of like it. I like the jerseys, yeah. Yeah. But, like, it's nothing crazy, but I do like them, yeah. Moving on then, um, I don't know if you guys heard, but Windhorst said there's been some whispers from scouts that uh, Marcus Sasser's actually the second-best guard in Detroit, and that's how we feel about it. Um. I don't know if I'm all the way there yet, but I mean, I think we're all in agreement. He's been exceptional this season. So do you think his great play uh, is just an early season trend when he's kind of surprising people? Or do you think this is who he is and he's going to be a high percentage scoring slippery type of guard? Marcus Sasser's a bucket. Anyone else can go. That's all I got to say. Marcus Sasser's a bucket. <laughs> uh, man, I second that. Marcus Sasser is a bucket. But when Burks comes back, when Monte Morris comes back, Ivy comes back, minutes are going to have to be cut, right? And I don't think that takes away from his bucket-getting ability. And he certainly earned the right to play above all those guys that just listed at the moment. But over time, I do think that that me, uh, his, his minutes are going to regress. And just naturally, uh, the bucket-getting will lower. But... um. He's a bucket. I agree with Ahmed. Hot take, Ahmed. <laughs> Anything uh, to add, Connie? Marcus Sasser is a bucket. I had to say one thing. Uh, you know, the way that this season's going, I wouldn't be surprised if Ivy's the one getting his minutes cut uh, to get Sasser out there. <laughs> it's not crazy. It's, it's, we, we've seen it happen. <laughs> I mean, we do have a log jam at the point that you mentioned it. Like, it's not sustainable to have four guys pretty much playing the point. Five guys, I guess. Cade, Monty, Ivy, Sasser, and Kill. Like, eventually, (laughs) there'll have to be a move. Can I suggest something? I I wanted to to mention the the off-ball aspect and and with Duran out, I think it could work short uh, short term. I'd want to experiment with a three guard lineup. Um, Ivy's questionable. What if we slotted in Jaden Ivy and ran a three guard lineup, or slotted in Marcus Sasser until Ivy's hundred percent, and we go Cade Sasser Killian, if Duran's out, or when Duran's out, Asar and Stu, you know, which is which is obviously a bit smaller, but then that saves us from playing uh, the basketball terrorist James Wiseman. Um, <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I don't want to see that, even if it's on Andre Drummond. And then say Duran is healthy. I, I don't think I I don't think Monty Williams is afraid to change the lineup. And what if he goes Cade, Kill, Ivy, Stu Duran? Oh, sorry, just, not being just, just because we have such a log jam, or then we go Asar at the four, Duran at the five, or whatever. Just because we have such a log jam at the guard spot. Put Ivy at the three. Well, no, I mean, he wouldn't be the three in that. I, I mean, pick who you want to be the three in that. I, it really wouldn't matter. But I think defensively, we could make it work with Killian's, uh, you know, being a very good defender. Kate is long. And then the rest, of, I think, is there, especially with the rim protection. But just because we have such a log jam, do you think that's like a, a possible option to do a three-guard line at the start? I'm not really sold in it just because it's still no shooting. And it just makes us smaller, kind of. I'd rather have a wing out if, there, but, but I I do want to experiment. I'm tired of two bigs all the time, against like Golden State and other teams like that. It's just like there's no need to have, especially when Duran was out. 
Marvin and Stu out there together. Like I'd much rather have some more spacing out there. Some, so some quickness. So Chicago tomorrow. Um, they're relatively small, other than Vooch at the five. But what would you be mad about Stewart playing the five, and then we go Asar at the four, and then we run Sasser, Killian, K? Who is guarding? I would like that. Vooch because is, it's not like you have to guard gonna, Patrick Williams yeah. either, too. Like you, yeah, I don't think they start him anymore. He's been demoted to the bench. Well, so they're, 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 they're even smaller, yeah. But no, I'd like that lineup, especially against against Chicago. Anything else on Sasser, or can we move on here to uh, some some stew talk? Um, you guys are getting I, um, go ahead. Okay, go ahead okay, I was just gonna say like. Sasser's had two games this year where he's been, like, ice cold. Like, ice, ice cold. Like, I think he only made, like, one or two shots yesterday. And there was a time before that that he only made one or two shots. So, like, is he streaky? Like, is that he a concern He seems like that here? type of player. I don't yeah. know if it's a concern. I just think it's his player type, you know, where he'll, like, carry us for, like, three games or something. He gets cold, and, you know, you can just, like, all right, who else, you know, who's next? Yeah, I feel like, I mean, man, if he was Marcus Sasser yesterday, we win that game. Like, he was like one for eight when I checked, and we only lost by eight. Marcus Sasser can go three for four from deep in a millisecond. So, like, I feel like if he was hot yesterday, we would have won that game. And I I just want to touch on the fact that he's shooting 50% from the field, 44% from deep, and 100% from the line. And has a PR of seventeen. That's all I wanted to say, just to just to solidify that he is a bucket. Yeah, he's a bucket. We're gonna another get thing, Marcus Sasser the bucket. <laughs> another thing I really like about him is that like mid range game he has a little floater. Um, I noticed I Cade. That. Cade doesn't really have that little close range shot. I felt, uh, you know, on the side he has that bank shot that he does, but he doesn't really have a close range shot like. Sasser does, and I thought it was pretty obvious, especially against Embiid's drop, where, like, that shot was there, but he just, it's not his shot. He either left it way short, or he didn't even take it. So that's another thing I want to see Cade kind of work on there to make his scoring more uh, well-rounded. Yeah, he's got, like, a cold spot in between, like, the rim and, like, the free-throw line, where, like, sometimes he'll just, like, leave shots short or brick them every time in that range. But if he's outside that range, it's, like, money. What's his uh, three-point percentage so far this year? Anyone have it up? I don't think – he hasn't made a three or, like, he's – Who? Cade. What's been nice, though, even though when he's gone, like, ice – 31.8. Thirty-one point eight. But I mean, even him being ice cold from three, he's still been effective. Like we've seen games, especially his rookie year, where that three wasn't dropping. He wasn't really able to do much else. This year, though, he's really good inside. I love his little like left hand, the um at the rim where it's kind of like catches the defender off guard. I love that um thing he does. Yeah, I mean, I still think, like, when we need a bucket, we need to run a play and not just let Cage try to score. Because I feel like teams are expecting that and he gets, like, swallowed up by the defense. But hopefully that changes to talked about when, like, Bogey and Burks come back because, like, I, that's hurting us so much right now because everyone's like, okay, forget Killian Hayes, forget whoever's out there, uh, Asar, forget Stu, forget Dern, like, just swarm Cage. If anyone else beats us, they beat us. But, like, Cade just goes to the rim and gets, like, his shot swatted a lot late in games. So, hopefully that changes. Uh, you wanted to talk Stu? Let's talk Stu. Yeah, let's talk some Stu here. Um, He's shooting 42.5% from three. Is this sustainable? Is this who he is? Did he take that leap that we're, you know, preseason we hoped, can he shoot 38%? And now he's clearing that by five full percent. Is this who he is? Connie, get us started here. Uh, I don't know if this is who he is. I don't know if he's a uh, plus 40% three-point shooter. Uh, he's for He is a shooter. He's a shooter for sure. 
uh, he's he's gonna he's hitting some shots. I think teams are starting to you know throw a little bit more his way uh, when he gets the ball on the three point line, which is what's really important about it. But uh, what's big to me is that I mean it is up to four three pointers a game. I just want him to shoot more. Like I just want more three pointers coming off of Stu's hand, even if that. Uh, brings down his percentage a little bit if he drops down like we said like mid high 30s uh lose some percentage points i want like six three seven three pointers coming out of this dude's hand when he's on the court uh i feel like he's open for that amount of them and i would really just like him if he chucked him up you know i I think i but to answer the question yes i think he's 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 really a shooter uh, he did miss some key ones in that Bucks game down the stretch. Would have been nice to get one of those from the corner. Uh, yeah. But that's because he didn't take five of them before that. He just freeze, <laughs> <laughs> man. He did hit two big ones back-to-back in that same game, though, in, in, in part of that comeback effort. He did. Like, I just want more. Yeah. A bunch of and... You know, last week we said the same thing, and I bet next week we'll say the same thing. We want more Isaiah Stewart three-pointers. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this over the summer. Uh, my hot take was Isaiah Stewart will shoot over 40% from deep. Um, so you know where I stand on this. Hell yeah. Staying over 40, easy. You still on the 50-win train, too? <laughs> 49, yeah. <laughs> 49, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not giving up. That. It's too early to give up. It's too early. You're right. You're right. Um. No, I'm on board with Stu. Um, I think the other problem is a lot of threes he's taken to this point have been like, you know, I'm the only guy in the gym threes. Uh, yesterday, um, I think he kind of is earning that respect that you were talking about because I forget. It was late in the game. I think it was Sasser and him on the left wing. And Sasser gave it to Stu and Embiid was in a deep drop. And he actually rushed out to contest a Stu triple. Stu buried it, but the fact that Embiid showed a little bit of urgency, like, oh, shoot, I got to get out there, is kind of like, oh, okay, he's earning some sort of a reputation of a, a, as a guy who can knock down shots. Um, so I think, yeah, I think he he's the shooter. I don't know if he's above 40 yet, um, but when those shots start to get a little more difficult, when guys are closing out with more intent, when guys are actually, like, hand in his face trying to stop him from um, shooting, Let's see. But he, his ability <laughs> excuse me, to put the ball on the floor um, has continued to impress. Um, he needs to get stronger with the handle if he's going to try to back somebody down from the three-point line. We've seen that a couple of times this year. But if he wants to like um, show and go to the basket, um, it, it almost led to some good success. And yesterday in Philly, against Philly, he was showing to be a guy who, can, who we can go to when we need a bucket. Uh, pump fake in the corner, drove on Tobias, used his body with that awkward-looking, you know, little floater push-out, whatever yeah. you want to call it. <laughs> and then he hit that, and then he hit the triple from the left wing. So um, I'm forced to shooting more, um, especially especially if he's going to keep knocking him down. But I think he can. He's got that high release like you talked about. So um, more Stu, please. I kind of think once, like, our guys get healthy, he's going to, like – kind of hover around this level for threes like i don't i would like him to take more um and i kind of think his percentage is going to stay like this as well because even with like boyan out there for instance that's a lot more yeah. eyes on him rather than on stew i was so, just thinking that <laughs> yeah on one hand i could see him let it fly more but on the other hand when we have better players out there you kind of want them shooting this is true i mean but like you know, it depends how we, like, set it up, right? Like, if you have Stu on the left wing and Boyan in the left corner, right? And Cade driving to the basket. Cade is going to kick the ball out. Everybody knows that. Everyone's going to flood to Boyan, like you said. And then that's just going to leave Stu all day. So, like, you know, this team has so much potential. If um, we can stay healthy. Unfortunately, Joe Harris is out now, too. So, like, pretty much everybody that's, like, a solidified bona fide established score that's on our team is like you know in street clothes <laughs> all right last uh little trend here i have is our record we're what we're two and eight now 
Yeah. Are we are we a bad team? Or when we get our guys back, <laughs> when we get some nicer foul calls here, are we going to trend <laughs> upwards? Valley, I know your answer. So, Amit, why don't you start us uh, off here? I, I'm going to say we're, we're, we're going to trend up. Like, there's no way this team led by Kate Cunningham, who scored like 30 twice already this season. Three times. And boy, I'm like, Three times, yeah. Uh, Boyak Magdanovich is going to come back and just be a bucket. Um, Monte Morris, who's going to be knocking down shots. Alec Burks is going to knock down shots. Like, we're not winning these games because we're not hitting shots. Um, and as the season goes on, the team is going to be more accustomed to playing four quarters of Monte Williams' defense, and that's going to lead to win. Um, I don't think, like, the 10th seed, like, out of the question, but we're going to have to get some guys back and they're going to have to stay healthy. And we're going to need Jalen Dern to stay healthy too. I mean, you know, there's some guys that you expect to be injured, like Isaiah Livers, but you don't expect – unfortunately, a lot of our guys are becoming injury prone, you know. It's, it's kind of a shame because we need Jalen Dern. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's – I don't think this is the, the norm. I think we're going to trend upwards. Well, um, do you remember what your preseason prediction was for wins on it? Or I guess this goes to all you guys. I, I think we're like 34. Yeah, I think we're all agreement. We're kind of like the 32 to like 35 range kind of. And, and after 10 games, has would you change your, your win total estimate? Um, because just... there's less game, Because there's less games to play healthy, yeah. But not so because you wouldn't, I have less face in the team. You wouldn't predict 32 right now? I would. I mean, if if I said 34 before, I'm going to say 32 now just because, you know, we're 10 games in already. Yeah, I guess my question is, like, have your expectations lowered 10 games into the season? No, no. I mean, I, I you can't fairly judge this team. I mean, we've been playing um, one guy down pretty much ever since day one. So I, I don't think it's fair to judge this team. I mean, this is like when Troy Weaver put this team together and said we're a playing contending team, he did not say, yeah, we're a playing team minus Bogey, Harris, Burks, and Monte Moore. He said we're a playing team right now with all those guys, right? So, yeah. like I said, I don't think it's fair to like assess this team until we have everybody in there. Tony? Uh, yeah, no, fully agree. I, just, I don't think there's much else to say. I don't see how this team doesn't trend upwards. Uh, it would yeah. really, really suck if this team doesn't trend up. Uh, Ron Holland, number one overall pick, boy. Let's go. Modest Vizoulis, or whatever his name is. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's not talk draft picks, even in a joking manner. <laughs> I mean, I don't want it to be that way. Uh, and I don't, I don't want it to be that way. Uh, mainly because don't we not even what, own our pick right now? I mean, as long as we finish top eight, right? yeah. yeah, yeah, top, we're top eighteen, top, top eighteen or top sixteen. So we're we're in good we're in good standing right now. Yeah, we're gonna be there. Okay, now you got good. me looking up what our current standing is. I just gotta know now. All right, so it looks like we're all kind of more positive, Pete's here. Of course we are. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't have any more uh, kind of early season trends or anything. Do you guys have anything you uh, we didn't touch on either from last week or from the season as a whole? Either you guys, I got a couple of notes that I'll get to in a second. I'm looking up our record right, or uh, standing right now. But um, uh, Connie, I, I got a little, I got a little sidetrack when we were talking about a star for some reason. I don't know how I ended up here, but can you guys name? The most recent Pistons to wear the jersey number nine for us, like Galloway. Any, any numbers? <laughs> so, th- there's two guys in between Langston Galloway. Ooh. So it goes Asar. Do you know who wore it last number nine for us? Wasn't it Jared Roden? Or no, Jeremy? He's Grant? number eight. Yeah, no, I feel like he was nine for some reason. I know he's eight. Jeremy Grant's one of them. He is one of them. But there's someone in between Asar and Jeremy Grant who played with us last season who wore number nine. Is it one of those random G League dudes? <laughs> no, it's Nerlens Noel. 
<laughs> oh, I forgot about Nerland Noel. That's right. <laughs> and then it's Jeremy Grant, and then it's Langston Galloway. And Shot then blocker Noel. No one would ever get it, but it's Mike Cabinji after that. No, I would have never gotten that. Uh, for those who are still curious, even though it took me like 20 minutes to look that up, uh, the Pistons have the second worst record in the NBA right now behind the Memphis Grizzlies. So, top three odds, boys. We're still in it. <laughs> hey, and you know Memphis is, is only going to get better, you know, once they get that, once they get John Morant back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to get better <laughs> when we get Bojan back. No, sir. Who do you no. think is the worst team in the NBA then this year? I think it's Charlotte, Charlotte probably. Okay. Charlotte, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to joke with the Pistons. Who else is worse than Charlotte? The Wizards. <laughs> the Spurs are pretty bad. The Portland Trailblazers yeah. would be bad. Blazers oh, suck, they, yeah. Once Scoot, Scoot went out, the Trailblazers kind of turned it on. Now they did <laughs> yeah, he had a pretty slow start, too. So I, can't, I can't crap on the, the Blazers because they crapped on us. Like <laughs> that yeah, makes sense. Scoot went out. Scoot got hurt yeah. in the game, and then they came back and won it in the second half. Oh, the, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Um. Okay. So these are the notes that I got. Um. Team playing. Um. Team play like helping in gaps. I think is a lot better this year. So many times on a drive, just I don't care who it is, it's everybody just like reaching in there, putting their hand in there, getting a hand on the ball, making the drive a lot more difficult. That's led to a lot more um, misses near the rim, which I think is a lot better for us. Also, giving guy a shot to like guys like Stu or Duran to like block the shot. Um, what else do I got here? Oh, funneling. I think the Pistons have done a good job of that. Like Killian and Asar work so well together on defense. Like, um. At the aforementioned Hornets, we started off the game by, I forget who it was, but Killian was getting uh, taken into the paint, but he held him long enough for Asar Thompson to get into position and just slot the shot. Uh, happened again yesterday, Killian and Asar doing it. Um, during screening for Asar on the layup in transition off that Killian right-handed pass, oh, I, yeah. I was... I, I was like, dude, Dern didn't even look back. He just like literally set a screen and Asar had an easy layup. Um, and then one more thing. I have a couple more things, but this is the first, like, section. Uh, oh, no, I don't. That was the first section. So you guys have any notes on, like, helping in gaps, uh, funneling into the paint, or just, like, the guys, like, understanding each other overall? Any example you thought of that? Huh? Can't think of anything? I think uh, off the top of my head, no. Okay. Offensively, we do a pretty good job of, like, switching and, like, hunting the mismatch. <clears throat> and I think the players kind of – are learning I guess it's kind of offensive system as well as playing with each other where they'll screen for the right guys in the right order to get Kate that mismatch on whoever you know mm-hmm. like, yeah um, but Connie wasn't that wasn't that you who said you wish they hunted um yeah. some people more hunted Dave, Dave right more that Bucks game for sure I, Buck's defense is pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else I got here? Oh, Marvin Bagley using his size on defense. It's just been like yesterday on Embiid, there were like two or three times where he was able to just use his length to disrupt Embiid. He didn't really like try to block the shot, but he just like got in Embiid's way, and it was just uh, nice to see that he was able to defend. An MVP caliber player without fouling and like stop the stop the stop the shot. Um, you guys uh, notice anything from Bagley defensively? On the flip side, though, he got cooked by uh, Bobby Portis, he and also he, he was way cooked. too in the Golden State <laughs> game. He was way too deep on every screen, and Curry was just wide open coming off Thompson mm-hmm. as well. But he just bricks all his shots. But yeah, yeah. he's he's good versus like bruising bigs but he's not good versus like spacing and um uh, pick and roll defense i think but it's an improvement for mm-hmm. him and i do think he's a good backup big which is i think he's improved i think he's exactly his his timing on like weak side blocks against smaller guys uh actually using his verticality and getting up there for like last season He's always like a half second late to those things. Uh, I think more and more he's not a half second late. Uh, I think his timing on defense has definitely gotten better. 
Yeah, and I think, like you were saying, Gabe, like he's like been so poor in like pick and roll defense, but his one on one defense has been a lot better because he's just playing with the Cali. Um, Valley, anything to note on the team defense or Bagley before I move into my last note, which is no, something I saw. Um, the last thing I saw was like, um, everyone has been like praising Jalen Duran and his defensive like IQs and how he sees things. Um, and the hardest part about this team right now is we're using guys like Stanley Mude and Jared Roden over guys like um, Alec Burks and Boyan Bogdanovich. But there was a play yesterday, um, and uh, Duran and Roden were supposed to switch, but Roden didn't switch um, out top to Embiid, and Duran told him where to go. So like, just I just wanted to point out Duran's um constant like thinking and noticing like oh my teammate's not in the right spot let me help him out and they were able to stifle the possession even though uh we had Roden on Embiid up top uh I think Embiid handed it off and we still were able to stop it but I just wanted to point out uh Durand, um IQ uh anybody notice anything about Duran and then we can move into our predictions for next week he's nah. he's kept pretty quiet this week, I thought again he played pretty well against mm-hmm. the Bucks early, but then they kind of mm-hmm. adjusted um, on the interior, and you know he does struggle with like if like Brook Lopez is right on him, like Dern can't move him, and he does kind of struggle. I, Connie, you've mentioned this multiple times. He's a bit one-dimensional, which is fine for a nineteen-year-old. Um, yeah, but if. De- defensively, I thought he played. He played. He played Embiid pretty well. I thought. But, yeah, you know, it's Embiid, and he gets those foul calls, and you know, there's nothing you can really do about it. One thing, Dame kind of abused him, where Duran wouldn't square his body in time, and Dame kind of like hit him with like a shrug or something. I would always get to line if Duran gets there first and gets square in front of him, those calls will stop happening. So it's partially like a superstar treatment and also Duran is just out of position still just just a little bit makes sense makes sense any other notes from you Valley or Connie and then we'll take a look at next week um Uh, one more thing I saw I saw in the box first half we shot 10% from three (laughs) I saw that little uh little stat and I just thought come on bro oh yeah (laughs) we'll we'll get to it come on (laughs) <laughs> oh man, this whole week was a come that. on bro moment. And every this whole week was a come on bro moment. Some of those shots that we got got to go to the line for, like that come on bro. Um uh all right, let's look at next week real quick. Uh we got the Bucks. I know we got the Bucks. We got the Bulls, we got the Hawks, and we got the Cavs. Two in season tourney games. This is already down 0-1. Um What's the what's what's the record this week? Can they beat the Bulls without Jalen Durant? I'm We're I'm gonna one. say yeah. I'm feeling two and one this week. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Saying two and one. Cavs aren't looking too good. Uh, really? You think I, we lose to the Hawks? The Hawks are playing pretty well right now. I think. Yeah, Capella no Durant. Never mind. I could Here. see like a twenty. Free throw game for Trey. Wait, you guys are saying two and one? I'm saying one and two. Okay. Uh, I'll say one and two. Let me get it's no time for three. a win. <laughs> what was yours, Connie? Oh, and three. Oh, and three. All right. So we got one realist, one optimist, and then me and Gabe are just kind of like, you know, please give me a win. Um, yeah, I. God, what are we on? Seven games, Clyde? Yep. That's so bad. All right. Um, any other come on, bro, moment from this week? Yeah, it was just, <laughs> it was just, the just one of the game offense. Uh, yeah. The Bucks. Just every time I... that lead slowly slipped away in the past last couple of minutes. Every offensive possession we had that ended empty or a stupid foul on team to get him to the line and stop the clock. Was it this week that we oh, failed to get the ball up the court in eight seconds? Was that this oh, week? Bro. Yeah. 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 That was infuriating. That was against the Bucks, I'm pretty sure. I think you're right, yeah. Like, um, all they lost it. Bro. <laughs> Come on, bro. Come on, bro. 
I, I kind of want to. I don't want to get too deep into this, but I I, I kind of want to come on, bro. Monte Williams for that late Milwaukee uh, execution, and and he did himself take blame for that after the game. I think um we 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 established a really good lead with Kid off the bench and playing off the ball, and then he had the ball every single possession down the stretch. Um, I think we would have been better off him playing off ball. Um, so come on, bro. Come on, Monty. Come on, bro. Come oh, on, bro. Um, <laughs> all right. Any other notes uh, on this past week or this upcoming week before we plead to the basketball gods for a win? Got nothing. All right, Gabe. Well, this was your show. It was all your idea. Close us out, man. Even if we're on a seven-game losing streak here, never forget what we're building. So uh, the future is bright. Uh, keep the buffs on Detroit. The future.